In our breakout and best-selling book, Looking for Angels, A Guide to Understanding and Connecting with Angels, Dr. Scott Guerin and I share how you can communicate with angels, understand signs from the universe and these celestial beings, feel at peace knowing you are always connected to source, and much more. Get your copy today at lookingforangelsbook.com, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your local bookstore. And now you can even get the audio version narrated by me and Scott through Amazon, Audible, and iTunes. Hi, all. Nicole here. This podcast is intended to inspire you on your personal spiritual journey to inner peace. I am not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. This applies to the podcast guests and or co-hosts. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. You are listening to A Psychic Story, a podcast that shares behind-the-scenes insights of people who lead supernatural lives among the ordinary. And I'm your host, Nicole Bigley. Join me every Wednesday as I dispel the myths behind magic and lore. Welcome to A Psychic Story. Mysticism Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Psychic Story. For this episode, I have Christina Chris Lufkin on. Chris has been a medium since she was a child. She is the author of Live With Purpose, Die With Dignity, The Ripple Effect, Stories from the Heart, and Me and Mr. P, Our Journey from Hospice Volunteer and Patient to Forever Friends. She is a certified Reiki master, teacher of the Usui tradition, and a spiritual life coach and teacher. Chris divinely guides clients by assisting them in healing, discovering their life purpose, and teaching students to tap into their intuition. And she's a dear friend of mine. Welcome back to A Psychic Story, Chris. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here. What an honor. Well, I needed to also include in that intro that we are dear friends or you're a dear friend of mine ever since we first had you on or I first had you on on A Psychic Story where we talked about grief is just unexpressed love, episode 70. So before we kind of dive into your book, which is what we're here to talk about, Road Noise, A Spiritual Awakening, Messages to the Living from Loved Ones Who Have Died, how have you been since you've been on? What has happened since, gosh, was a, a year ago, right? Right, exactly. Wow. Well, first of all, that was the most amazing response from the the first episode. And what really endeared me was some people reached out and told me they this motivated them to become hospice volunteers, which that's such oh, that just gives me my truth bump. And one person said he was so relieved to know that our pets live on and that we, we can have communication with them. And so what, and another person sent me a, a Thai class from the, the Seattle World's Fair that was her father's. And she just knew when she was packing things away after he passed that she needed to send it to someone in particular. And when she heard my episode, she messaged me or you know emailed me and she sent it to me. And I, I just, it just shows how connected we all are and what a value that this podcast has that we are all teachers and students. And that's kind of my 
my life lesson, of course. And you're never too old to learn, trust. And it's just been kind of a whirlwind ever since. Well, it's been a whirlwind for me too, in the sense that hearing you receive those messages from people, both living and dead from the other side and how everything has expanded even in your life. I just want to say thank you again for being on and also for sharing that with me and for our friendship, which I definitely hold very dear. So let's get into your book, Road Noise, A Spiritual Awakening, Messages to the Living from Loved Ones Who Have Died. You put in the preface how it kind of came about, but for those who don't have the book yet and have not read it, what happened and what led you to write it? Okay, well, when I when I first started years ago, realizing that it was okay to show that I had these abilities and really start focusing on developing them and and embracing them. And then I started having experiences. And my husband said, you know, might be a good idea for you to write this down. You never, And then he just kind of said, well, you never know, you might want to write a book. And I, I just kind of laughed at that, right? And so in 2004, I started writing this book. And then life happened. And I thought, well, this, this is just everyday stuff. This doesn't make any sense. So what that proved to me Fast forward to, to today, and that is because I had to live all of the years from 2004 until today to have all of the experiences lived, and then I could I could actually include everything because my idea and my intention around this book is to help the readers understand that we all have an intuitive ability and encourage them to to develop it and believe in their own gut instinct, whatever they want to call it. And the other thing is to provide hope to others that their loved ones do live on. They're not gone. They're just in a different form, that the love remains and that they will be reunited. And that includes pets. So that's kind of how all of this. And then, of course, I had to meet you and have all of these experiences (laughs) as well. And as a side note, I truly value our dear friendship as well. Thank you. Walk us through the book a little bit and how it's structured, because a lot of it is your experiences and what you've kind of experienced and learned over time, but then also stories from yourself and other people. And how was it structured and walk us through it? Started out from the beginning to you know, and my childhood and the experiences that I had. And then the fact that I learned that we don't talk about those things. That's just your imagination. You're just oversensitive, highly sensitive, you know, that type of thing. And I, I just, I think that a lot of us, I just backed down and said, okay, whatever. And then when I started, you know, c- capturing the, the different experiences that I had, then all of a sudden I met Mr. Peterson and I made a deathbed promise to him that I would write a book about him. And I thought, how am I going to do that? I've only known this man for a few months or whatever. And for people that don't know about Mr. Peterson or Mr. P, can you just take a moment to explain a little bit about him? Oh, yeah. Sorry. He was a hospice patient of mine. And I was assigned to him to do foot massage to just sort of help him relax and everything. He was definitely in the end stages of life, but just a very active person no matter what. And the minute that he opened the door, my first visit, I saw a white light all around him. And I, it was just stunning. And I went, oh, boy, this is, this is something different. And then as I entered and we sat down, he wanted to interview me a little bit before I touched him. 
understandable. And so I somehow I, I mentioned to him that I had seen the white light around him and he goes, oh, wow. Well, honey, I saw the same around you. And that was the beginning of, of a totally different life path for me. So he helped me embrace that. And so the book Road Noise, first of all, Road Noise, the name came from my husband, Dave, who is so analytical. So he would want to know what the noise was when somebody was trying to speak to me. And he just kept asking me these great questions until I finally said, it's like I'm, we're driving down the freeway and we stop and it's that wah, wah kind of noise. And he said, oh, well, that, that, that's all I have to say is this road noise. And that, <clears throat> that really resonated with me. So that's, that's how <clears throat> the, the title came. And then the book just kind of moves forward to my, to my different experiences and the, the experiences of mind-to-mind communication that I didn't understand was really happening. You know, talking to people in my head, thinking that, that I hear them out loud when nobody else does. Moving forward to going, going through doing readings, and I'm usually the one that's the most surprised at the messages or that, that I've received something and then just sort of learning how to deal with it, learning how to protect myself. Everything went farther once I enhanced, once I did my Reiki master teacher level. Then that was when it really started to be more in tune. And, and as I age, I just, and I mean, it's probably what's going on in the world too, but it just becomes more fine tuned. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then there's the, the value of the messages. There's, there's messages in there regarding suicide there's messages in there regarding bullying so there's some serious things in the book that that my spirit team and my guides and and those that have crossed over requested me to put in there so and since it's been published I have had several of those well quite a few of those spirits come back and thank me so that's encouraging as well so that's kind of the basics, I guess. No, I love it. Thank you for that. Because obviously I read it. I had the pleasure and honor of writing a testimonial about it. So, but for people who are just now hearing about it and haven't had a chance to read it, I think it's helpful to hear the structure of it and what to expect. But I would love to go back a little bit about intuition. You said something which, you know, I fully believe. I've said this on the podcast almost every episode. We all have psychic abilities or intuition. It's within us. It's a part of us. It's who we are, right? Our our soul essence. And explain a little bit about your belief system and what you've experienced, not just with your own intuition, but with others. From your perspective, what is intuition and how does it show up and what does it look like? That is one of my main goals as well that I didn't necessarily mention is to that I spent a lot of time teaching others to believe in themselves. I think I do believe that we're born with it. I had an experience that was, you know, that I wrote about in when I was eight years old, when my father had a heart attack. And I believe in my belief system, God spoke to me. And then I thought to myself, if I can hear that, everyone can. And my goal, even in teaching, because I, you know, I used to say I'm retired now, but I, or as retired as one can be, right? But I want, I want people to understand that the best way to develop your intuition and really go with it is write things down. If you have a, a gut feeling, it, you know, some people don't like that, the terminology. So whatever the terminology is, is to just, you have to start with believing in it. And I do believe that we're all born with it. I have watched many people that I have instructed just just the simple things. When you write things down, you can see a pattern on how 
on how you receive information. We all receive it differently and every way is right for us. And I just want to encourage people to, to just take it a little lightly and just and just practice. I just I call it the just try your psychic hit journal and just write things down. And and I do that. I still journal every day. I write as you know, I write things down, messages that come to me no make no sense to me. So that's what I think. I just believe and that I'm hoping that I've had several readers reach out to me and say that I made it simple for them to understand how to tap in and to understand their own intuition. So that is another goal of mine is I want want people to understand that they can do it if they want to. What is intuition? Intuition is basically your your gut instinct. It's a sense of knowing. You want me to give an example of my own? Yeah, or I was just going to say, so I the way I describe intuition, or at least the, the best way I can start to describe it is, is it's our instinct. I think that we tend to, as humans, downplay it and think it's something supernatural. And in some ways it can be, quote unquote, supernatural. But in reality, and in the heart of it, our intuition is instinct. And as you mentioned, it can show up in multitude of ways for different people, depending on how their intuition manifests. So that's what I was kind of asking is like the big question of what is intuition? It can kind of be and show up in a variety of different ways. So yes, for you, how does your intuition show up? And then maybe share some examples of how intuition might show up for other people. It's also, I always like to say, it's a sense of knowing. It's like, you know something, but you don't have any necessarily proof per se. You just believe. And one of the examples is the, that was just really funny is that one day my husband came home from work and above his head in my mind's eye, I saw like a comic quotation and it said the word band, B-A-N-D, and the number three. And I thought, well, that's weird. I didn't say anything. So this next day he came home, same thing. And I thought, okay, this is pretty weird. The third day he came home, and that's one, that's one of my signals. If I hear something three times, I better pay attention to it. Right, same. Exactly. It's like, okay, I don't want, I don't want to get that, that thump. So I said to him, so Dave, does the word band three mean anything to you? And he just kind of said, well, yeah. He said, that would, that would be, that's the next level up in my, in my job. And I said, oh, well, then you're going to be promoted. And he goes, no, I'm not. And I just knew in every part of my being, I said, yes, you are. So he go back with this. No, we're not. So then he gets exasperated and he said, that would be my boss's job. I have no interest in that. No, I'm not going to be a band three. So I said, okay, okay, fine. And I just kind of giggled to myself. Fast forward 13 months later, he was in a different department and he came home with this kind of smirky smile on his face and said, guess what? I just got promoted to a band three. I said, huh, imagine that. I told you. So it's that just that sense of knowing. That's one example. I just recently I did a what I thought was a typo in a text message to somebody. We're going to be moving into a senior cooperative, and I I told her we're going to be moving in in the fall of 2022, which at that time that was the date. And when I went back to and I happened to just see it again, I had typed 2023, and I was mortified. I was just mortified. So fast forward to last Wednesday, and guess what? Construction has been slower than thought, and we're going to be moving in in fall of 2023. So sometimes you you have a psychic kit, you don't know it. So again, I would just, other people, I would just pay attention to when you just kind of know something. I, I think you probably experienced this too. What usually happens if I don't embrace it, 
and don't do something about it, I end up regretting it. No, exactly. And I love how you explain it is more of a gut sense or knowing because then people would say, well, all right, even when you gave the example of seeing the band three in your mind's eye, that in my perspective would be seen within your mind's eye, your third eye. And that is more of a visual type. Our intuition, the way that my spirit team has kind of explained it a little bit, the visual they gave me is a ball of yarn that our intuition is all kind of raveled together. And sometimes as we're pulling the string, it could be that gut sense of knowing. It could be emotional feeling. It could actually be a hearing or a seeing or all of the clairs, as you would, someone may explain. But once one piece of that puzzle fits, then another piece of that puzzle or that intuition clicks into place. And then it builds that picture so that you have a better sense and understanding of what they're trying to, either it's yourself or God or your spirit team is trying to communicate to you. Yes, exactly. Very well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's hard because sometimes it's hard for me, especially I think for you. Well, you've been teaching for a while. I know you're retired, but you, as you said, are never really fully retired. And explaining to people those analogies or the using metaphors as well to how it kind of works together with intuition. So you also mentioned mind-to-mind communication. Explain a little bit of that or what I would say is probably telepathy. How does that work and show up? And how is that maybe different or the same with our intuition? Because I do think sometimes I get some intuitive hits, especially when I'm in sessions with people, and it is reading their mind probably versus a message. <laughs> yeah, well, my experiences were really obvious. I got called on them. Okay, so I... One example was my mother-in-law who was not not able to communicate. She was not talking. And I thought, and she was in a nursing home. And I thought, you people are nuts. She talks to me all the time. Oh, like that kind of like really mind reading, <laughs> having conversations. Mm. So my daughter was sitting in the room and, and I was just having, it was a tough conversation. My mother-in-law needed to, needed to stay in the nursing home. And she was begging me to bring her home. And I was explaining, you know, she would say, but but I really want to come with you. I'll, I'll behave. And I'm like, no, it's not that mom. I called her mom too. It's not that. It's that we don't, you know, I'm just literally explaining to her that, that we can't physically take care of her. She needs to be medically taken care of. And my daughter just got up and ran out of the room. And I'm like, I'll be right back. And she, my mother-in-law kind of just did this little eye twinkle thing. And I thought, hmm. And I went out and my daughter was just crumpled on the floor. And I go, what is the wrong? What is wrong? And she, I said, you know, we know that Nana's not doing well. She goes, Mom, she was, t- you were talking out loud. She never said a word. Are you crazy? So, so that was a little shocking to me because I truly, I thought I was hearing her with my ears. Another very interesting, um, another, a friend of mine's mother was really close to passing and she was not communicative. And so I just went in and did a little prayer and lit my candle and, start sending her some Reiki and love. And I just said, you know, if you can hear me, it's okay. It's okay to pass. I'm here for your girls, et cetera, et cetera, even though I live far away from them right now. And she said, thank you so much. She said, I will contact you once I get settled. That was her terminology. And she passed within a half an hour after that. So I'm not sure whether that was mind to mind or that's just another example of, you know, The reason I ask is because I think that for, again, from my understanding and perspective is that our angels or guides, 
Now take away our own intuition for a second. Our angels and guides tend to communicate with us through telepathy, which is probably why we receive visuals in our mind's eye or thoughts that pop in our head. Again, it could be our own intuition, but in oftentimes, or loved ones from the other side as well, which is you being a medium in particular can probably explain that a little bit. And so, or even when we're communicating with a human person who is still here and living, there's also that mind to mind where a message or a thought or something else is energy too is being sent and shared. But we think about it as that mind to mind or telepathy. So that's why I was asking the question when you mentioned it. So thanks for sharing the examples, just to give people a little bit more of a sense and, and detail about how that might show up for them. Okay, so now you also talked about learning how to protect yourself throughout your whole life and throughout all of this and walk us about walk us through a little bit of of that and how you explain it in the book and why it's important for people to do that. I, I guess probably the question isn't why it's important. We all probably know why it's important to protect ourselves, but how can people be more cognizant and aware and do things on a more routine basis to energetically set boundaries and, and provide that protection? Okay, well, the, first of all, I, I always, if, before I get out of bed, I invoke Archangel Michael's uh, blue light of protection, along with, you know, with whatever prayer or whatever I want to start for the day. I have a funny story about that where I, years ago, I was I was on the subway going to work, and I just, there was going to be a, a meeting I didn't want to have to deal with because it wasn't involving me. So anyway, as I walked, and it was a mile walk from BART station to, to the office. I just kept putting blue light around and around and around. When I walked into the building, when I walked into the front door, the office manager greeted me. And what I heard was, well, I couldn't hear a word she was saying. So I... Your road noise. (laughs) Everything was blocked. I mean, I asked him to block me and boy, did he. So I said, I'll be right back. And I went into the bathroom and kind of undid it somewhat. So anyway, you, you, you could overdo things as well. But I also, the main thing regarding like our chakra centers is when I, what I have realized once I learn more and more about the different energy centers is that we walk around our energy is way outside of our body. And so, so I sit down and I just visually pull my energy back into myself and then, and then do the protection. I usually can tell if I've not done that well, if, if I'm walking somewhere and I feel like somebody's walking just like right behind me, and they turn around, they're like a half a block away. I'm like, oh, I'm too, I'm too spread out. And then the other thing I do is visualize like I'm, I'm a magnet. So everybody that I walk by or I'm interacting with, I'm picking up a little of their energy as well. Mm-hmm. So then I just do a releasing and just visualize releasing and, and do that. And I do that every night because I, I, I just sometimes you don't know how much you've really picked up or whatever. So that's. That's the basics that I do. It's not anything real. That's the thing is, is we can make it simple. It doesn't have to be hard or, or, you know, long. Yeah, absolutely. Well, some people hear protection and then automatically jump into fear mode because they think the protection is to protect us from the nasty stuff, which there are nasty things out there. They're mean people, just (laughs) like there's light, there's dark, there's all of that. But really what we're talking about, and you've heard me say this before, is spiritual hygiene. 
we wouldn't go more than a day without brushing our teeth, hopefully, or putting on deodorant or some other things. And this is spiritual hygiene. It's making sure that just like you said, it's like we're sponges energetically or magnets and things attract to us. And we say things that could be somebody who's sad and just a little of that leaked on us or whatever it is. And over time, if we're not keeping our energy field, our auric field, our chakras and everything else in balance or cleared, then we can start to feel low energy, tired, and other things can manifest into different ways. So it's really just about keeping those centers and your energy clear. And at really, if you think about it, almost as if your phone's being plugged in and it's supercharged, you want your energy to be charged up and not low. And so that's why I was asking about the protection is it's less about the scary stuff and more about keeping up with your energy and making sure it's cleared. Mr. P wants to say something. I can hear him. What's he trying to go on about? I'm not sure. Okay, well, we'll come back to him in a second. But all of a sudden, he just popped up in my mind's eye. So it's almost like he wants to say something about it. And I said, okay, over to you. But I'm not hearing exactly. It's that I'm getting the road noise like the wah, wah. Yep. It's okay. We'll, we'll get back to him in a second, but I have a feeling it's going to be around protection and contacting and, and communicating with souls from the other side, but we'll get to, to that in a second. So Chris, I now would like to pivot to the value of messages in the book, whether it was suicide or bullies, but also the fact that, again, as a medium, you communicate a lot with loved ones and people who have passed over or souls, I should say, that crossed over to the other side. And also you mentioned in the book that prayers help them. And so talk us talk us through that and what that looks like. Why do prayers matter? And what are the messages that came through for you for this book? Those are that's a two parter. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, I did I did not even think about the fact that when I deliver a message from a loved one to you know, from somebody who's passed to their loved one, I never thought about the fact that that was helping the person that had passed. Um, and so one day I just, I was on my, what I call my moving meditation. So on my, on my walk, I just, I just thanked one of the, one of the young men who actually had committed suicide. And I thanked him for coming and giving the message that God forgave him. And, you know, the, the, just the uplifting messages and, and the apology message that, and so it was kind of quiet. And then all of these said, sudden he said he always calls me Miss Chris. I've never I never met him, so I don't even know him. But anyway, I thought it was cute. He said, Miss Chris, I need to thank you because delivering those messages and I hear, and so does God hear, all of my parents and my family's prayers. And that helps me progress. So you can tell it's emotional for me because it's like I, I didn't I never thought about that part of it. And then the other the other thing is the last chapter that I wrote about an interaction as I sit and think about it, it's like amazing the energy that this grandma in spirit had to go through and all of her effort for me to, in a public situation, get through all of my protections, get through all of my guides, get through everything to get through and get a message to me that took several days, but I finally got to the person that the message was for. And that's why I said, okay. That's that's what I that's the final piece that I had to have to complete this book. And I, the more I think about it, I mean, you know, I, I, I was on a cruise ship with, and I was in the theater where, where this happened. There were hundreds of people there. Imagine if even there was only one spirit trying to get through for every person that was in the room. I mean, it was it was quite phenomenal. And 
I, I'm very humbling and honoring to be able to be a just a part of that. Yes. I, I've said before that I'm not a medium. I know I can speak to spirits who have crossed over, but I don't advertise myself as a medium because of just that fact that you mentioned. There's so much information, energy, messages that can come through. So I sort of say that more or less to put a wall up to ensure that people aren't tapping in and trying to communicate to me or with me. So to your point, when someone can get through, I always am amazed because Michael has clearly let them through, i.e. my bouncer, as I call him, has let them through for for a purpose and for a reason. So it's funny that you mentioned that as well. But so, so you mentioned that prayers, that it helps them with the process. What does that mean? Have you gained any clarity of when we go on the other side, what is that process for us all? Well, just by what I've kind of pieced together from the different messages and, and writing this book, it's a good thing like that I did what my husband suggested and I wrote those notes down because a lot of the early messages I, I didn't remember or recall. And that's another thing that if, you know, as you know, if you get a message and it goes, you're just a messenger, so it goes in and out of your brain. Unless it, unless it has a huge emotional impact on me, that I don't rem- remember a lot of it or even any of it sometimes. So, just the fact that 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 they've said to me, we're progressing, we're learning. I've had direct contact with three different people that committed suicide for three different reasons. What I find very interesting is is all three of them hung themselves and all three of them were surprised it worked. And so they had to work through. And one of the things that the 14 year old said is that he thought he was eliminating the stress for his family because the bullying had to stop if he was gone. Right. And he said he, what he didn't realize and what he's learning. So that's kind of why is the horrible impact that, that that had on his family. And he just didn't, didn't understand that. And what he's learning is he was not in his right frame of mind at the time. So it's, it sounds like, I guess, like you hear people say a, a life review of sorts. I'm not sure exactly how to really put it together other than it just feels like they're reviewing and learning what happened and transpired and how it could have been different and how we all affect each other. The ripple effect. Exactly. That's how that book got came apart. Yeah. So that's really, I mean, I don't have any really extended experience with that. It's just that they've all, all of them have used the word learn. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's just for my frame of reference, how I receive it, I don't know. Our experiences on earth that we have in this lifetime, we would learn from those experiences. Otherwise, what's the purpose of having them? You know, and also when we go over on the other side, I would hope that we would be able to kind of take a look back and see not just the impact, but if we had made different choices, what that impact or that life would potentially look like in a different way. I'm sure that that's extremely insightful. I did receive a question from a listener, and I thought that it would be perfect to ask you this. And that is, how do I know if my deceased loved one made it safely to the other side? I may mean, not like the answer, but everyone makes it safely. It's to what situation they're, they're in. So if they're we do have different stages of enlightenment, what I have learned from the other side. And therefore, like the, like the three that committed suicide, they, they got there safely. It's just that they now have work to do, I guess, or, or to learn what, what they did and, and their, the effects, both good and bad, I mean, as far as our passing. And then 
they also, I've never had anyone ever say they were disappointed with how somebody, the choices that like a caregiver, whether had to make. And that's Mr. Peterson, here he is. He wants me to say that people who are having to make decisions, end of life decisions for someone else to, to trust that person entrusted them in the first place and that, and that they didn't do anything wrong. And if there are other people that passed before their loved one could get to them to say, say goodbye. And again, nobody has ever, has ever said this. Some of them have said that's because I, I couldn't pass with them watching me. A lot of people have that guilt or want to make sure that they made the quote unquote right decisions for someone who they loved who passed over. And I think it helps resolve that for people when you just said if they entrusted them. Also, life is going to happen or the end of life is going to happen exactly how it needs to and exactly how it's supposed to go, whether that person was there and you were with them when they passed or whether you weren't and they pass. There's a whole process that goes into it that it all happens in divine timing. And I firmly believe that. Absolutely. And the other thing is, I know a lot of people always worry about somebody dying alone and they're not ever alone. Like when my mother was just starting her process. Her daughter-in-law was sitting on one side of the bed and I, and I was on the other. And she, she looked up and she just kept beaming. And I'm like, who are you looking at, mom? And she just turned to me and smiled and raised her shoulders. And I said, oh, you're not going to tell me, are you? And she just shook her head no. And I said, okay, fine. So fast forward after she passed. And I was with a friend of mine who is a well-known psychic, international psychic medium and stuff. So I said to her, does my mother have any messages for me? And, you know, I mean, here I am. I do this all the time, you know, for other people. And she goes, yes, complete gratitude. You know, I was wanting this big old long explanation and everything. And, and then I said, oh, okay, so I did everything right. I made all the right choices. I did everything right. And, and then I kind of sat back and I said, so do you get what, who she was, you know, who she was looking at? And my friend laughed and said, okay, here's her answer. I wouldn't tell you then. Why would I tell you now? And so, so number one, that made me laugh. Number two, that is just my mother's personality. And number three, it's like, okay, we're not supposed to know absolutely everything until it's our own experience. So that kind of calmed me down a little bit there too. I was getting that she thought that whoever she was looking at was really cute. <laughs> I don't know why I was getting this like kind of little girl, like schoolgirl feeling where she was like blushing, like, ooh, good looking is what I was getting. But take it or leave it. I don't know if that's Mr. P's laughing. <laughs> well, I had a suspicion that it was my dad, but that's also kind of a romantic idea. You know, your, your dad is, you know, greeting your mom type of thing. But that kind of that kind of fits for that. Okay, so I have one more question from someone. It actually just came through while we were doing this interview, so I feel like it's divine timing. So you've heard me say, Chris, that when I was coming here to Earth, before I came, there was, at the time when I was looking down at Earth and I wanted to go, I heard this voice say, it's not time yet. And by the time I went to turn around, then they said, it is time. And it was almost as if time didn't exist, okay? So this person says, this got me wondering when our loved ones come to visit from the other side, are they in a similar space where time moves quickly? I, they don't think they even track time. 
Yeah, they're almost omnipotent in the sense of time Time doesn't exist on the other side. So they can, from what I understand, go into the future, go into the past, come to the present. It also just doesn't exist because that's time doesn't exist is what I've been told. But I wanted to hear your your perspective on that. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, they can be in several places at once. Like I could be talking to my friend whose son passed. He's in the book. And he just has a, a spunky, smart alecky kind of fun energy. And he will be with me here in Washington and with her in Arizona at the same time. Yeah. And that made her feel a little bit better because she thought she was feeling him around. But she said, well, I said, can't you feel him? And she goes, well, I thought I could, but he's with you. I said, he's with both of us. And of course, I won't say exactly how he said it. But anyway, he made it very clear that that was dumb for us to think that he couldn't be in two places at once. Got it. I totally believe that. So thank you for answering. And then the question kind of goes on a little bit. And she said, when my dad passed away when I was a kid and through readings, I've been told that he's in a university and I'm using air quotes here, or she did, but we'll come back from time to time. My mom, however, passed away just last year and she comes back to me often. Do you think that there are different levels or spaces that we enter once we pass away? I do. I absolutely do. And again, I what I believe in just by, you know, what I've experienced and heard and stuff, because I jot a lot of messages down that, that are just random things and not for somebody, I mean, other than myself or whatever. And that is, is that we, you know, only a, a part of a part of our soul comes into the body form so that we're always connected in, di- you know, in different ways. And, and I see that, I don't know why, but I've always see that as multicolor, one ribbon, but multicolor. And I, I remember, Oh, this, I just had a memory. I was about, 11 years old, I think, maybe 12, 12 maybe. And I was on a vacation with our, with my childhood friend on their boat. And for whatever reason, I, I got up to the mirror. I looked right in my own eyes in the mirror and said, who are you? And, and then I don't remember a response right away. I mean, at, at that young of an age, you know, now I'd already had the, the experiences with my dad, but having premonitions that something was wrong and helping him. But I went on and rode, we each had our little own little rowboat. And oh, I used to love that. I love the water anyway. So I was rowing and rowing. And all of a sudden, it was as if I received the answer. And it, and I just heard, you're a divine being of life. Oh, wow. And I, I didn't remember that until right now. Mm. Just right now. Wow. They gave you the answer and the memory again. That's amazing. I know. Thank you. Well, thank you. I mean, it wasn't me. It's our collective energy and our spirit team and guides just holding the space for us. Yeah. Uh, I got chills. That feels awesome. Yeah. I'm going to write that down, Nicole. Well, you don't have to because it's forever immortalized in this podcast episode. You can listen back. No, I'm just kidding. You can write it down too. We are divine beings of light. You heard it here, folks. All right. I do want to give Mr. P an opportunity to either come back in and give the answer to or whatever the answer was that he wanted to talk about with protection or anything else. So giving him that opportunity, but also for you, Chris, I, I want to pivot in a moment to talk about something else that's related to you and I and a group of people, but also if there's anything else related to the book you wanted to mention. Well, he is unusually quiet. I know. I can feel him. I can I can sense him and feel him and almost as if he wants to jump in, but it's okay. It's all right. He doesn't need to be shy. So basically... The book was written for in divine timing, and I am the most reluctant author. That was never a goal of mine. 
And I am very, I have to say, I'm very proud of this book and, because I'm pleased that so many people have already said how, how much value that they've received from it, including my advanced readers. But it's just kind of encouraging to me that, that hopefully I can teach through this book and reach people that, I always feel that it'll go to the people that, that need it the most. And that's kind of my intention. Yes. Well, let's all make Chris an international best-selling author by going and picking up her book, which we'll get to where you can get it from. I'm sure it's on Amazon and other places. But before we kind of close out, Chris, I'd love for you to share a little bit about the intention box that you do for yourself and me and others. And also maybe share a little bit about if people want to make their own intention box or something, how, how can they go about it? Okay. Well, the intention box started when, when, and I did it differently then, when I was in Arizona and, and had my learning center. And so we would meet once a month for development circle. So we would all write an intention, read it out. We all would bless it and then put it in this box. And then the next month we would take it out. So I, when I, when we moved, I just, I kept the boxes that I had. And then, and I explained it much better in the book, but then just one day I'm like, <laughs> one day I'm like, my spirit team said, the council wants to speak to you. I'm like, that sounds like you're getting called to the principal's office. The council wants to speak to you. <laughs> so I said, okay, okay. I rushed to my sacred corner. I lit my candle. I sat down. I did a prayer. And then I started. And what I do is where the council is, is I have this guided journey meditation. They get me in there and they said, it's time to offer an intention box to a group of, of women that really need your help. And, and you know most of them. So went through a ceremony and then I go back out. So I start writing this and I'm just kind of like, oh my goodness, you know, people are going to think I'm nuts. And then I was like, okay, whatever. So I reach, I reach out and everybody's like, yes, let's try it. So what I do is every Friday, people that, that are in the box send me an intention and then I personally it's all by text usually I personally then handwrite them do a ceremony and then close the box and by and by the way I totally misunderstood the assignment when you first asked me I thought it was an intention <laughs> I definitely misunderstood the assignment I thought it was an intention that was one of those longer term goals and intentions not a weekly thing so when you kept texting me I was like it's the same intention it's the same intention now I totally understand but yes yes oh well so my dad because so it's both so so here's what so it just kind of transpired also a little ie from the last from the last podcast, I had somebody call me and and we did a reading, and then I got called back to the council. I'm like, oh my goodness! And they said, this is the invite this person. Now this is somebody I didn't know at all, and and invite her to see. And she was thrilled and she joined, and so she's been a part of this too. So it it progressed. So it's a weekly intention, a year intention. And a prayer section. And I added the prayer section because people started setting an intention for somebody else. I said, well, we can't do that, you know. Like me. So, so I said, okay, back to the council. How, how do you want me to do this? So it it is to me a very sacred thing. It can be as as simple as you want or as elaborate as you want. I mean, and you can do it, you know, just do it yourself. Just feel what, what feels good to you. Write down 
what I will say is be very specific. Like I so I want something to happen by May the 30th, say May the 30th, 2023. I have found it, and there is a section in the book about it, that it has helped so many of our group stay focused and cut out all the chatter and focus on what they want either one week at a time or whatever. And and often, even you're not the only one, often they'll keep the same one. Because if you have something that you're really wanting to work on, it takes more than a week right. to do. Well, I think what's great about all of that is if people want to kind of create their own intentions, what I was hearing when you were talking was you could almost set up a group chat of sorts where you send text to the full group to say what I'm in gratitude for, what your intention is for that week or your intentions. And maybe there's not an actual physical box per se that you create, but I love also the fact that you have a physical box and then you take it and you write it out because there's something about speaking it out loud and stating it from an energetic perspective and also writing it down and having it in the physical form, all of that helps from, from at least again, my opinion and perspective, make it more powerful in that manifestation because that's the energy behind it. But, you know, for people that are interested, if you want to create your own intention box or your own sort of gratitude and intention chain, I think that provides ripple effects with multiple people because then you have everyone else holding that space and holding that intention for you in a very powerful way, not just the universe and source and God, but also physical, human, and spiritual beings. As you mentioned, we're all beings of divine light. So you have other beings that are holding that for you. Right. Oh, and also the other thing that I do, this is just just me, but as people remove their intention, I then fold up the paper put it up to my heart energy and say, we release this with gratitude. So I, it's all about ceremony for me personally. And there are some times that after I complete the whole thing, that I just have to sit still. It's like I'm vibrating out of my body, so to speak. And I just feel this, this sense of connection and oneness. So for me being the host, I mean, everybody is always thanking me for, and it takes time and energy and all the other stuff it does. But what I, again, what I receive is so huge that I it I look forward to Friday. Friday's always been the kind of my favorite day of the week ever since I was little anyway. But I look forward to Fridays to see what what has developed and what's and what's up next, you know, with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. No. And I'm honored. Thank you for having me be a part of it. And for anyone else, we'll include some of those steps in the show notes for you. But yes, you can create your own intention box or your own intention text chain, gratitude box, gratitude text chain, whatever that looks like for you. I think that that is a really great way for people to also build that sense of community with their friends and or family or others. And like you said, you had somebody that had a session with you. I know you're retired, so you don't really do them as much. But the fact that you also received that intuitive hit of include her, she was is part of your community now, part of your circle, that inner circle that we have with, with us. Exactly. And that's, that's one of the many beauties of this podcast is that you as the host bring, and I know all of your guides and angels and things, but I mean, brings such a valuable service to others to create so so that we know we're not alone so that we know you know if you blurt something out I mean you know I I will blurt something out and my husband will say you're talking to me or a dead person and you know I mean it's just that's very common anymore but I've had to have I've had to get to that point and so to know that there are other that there are other people and by the way I cannot wait for your book to get out I can hardly wait 
Oh, thanks. Yes. I still have a few more tweaks or we have a few more tweaks, Scott, myself and our angel teams and all of that. But yes, me too. Just, I never realized, I knew that books were a lot of work, but not to this extent, especially when you're writing about the spiritual and the energy that comes through it and the healing and the releasing, not just for myself, but for others. You know, if my angel team had told me that, I probably would not have said yes to Scott, honestly. I would have not, I would not have done it. Not because it's not helpful and I don't love it. It's just, yeah, it's a lot going on. But anyway, but thank you. Yes, I'm excited for you and everyone else to read it too. Okay, my dear, anything else you wanted to cover that we have not had a chance to get to? Nope, I don't think so. That Mr. Peterson is clapping. All right. Well, I gave him several opportunities to chime in. So speak now forever. Hold your peace, Mr. P. (laughs) All right. Well, proud of us. Yeah. Well, proud of you. He's very happy that you listened to both yourself, your husband, and then him too, to make sure that you got this out there. And what a gift that you wrote for everyone. And putting it in such a way that's clear and succinct. So thank you very much for that. And also just hearing the individual stories and bringing it to life is so fun. You know, some of the the messages are a little bit hard to hear, but in a good way because people get answers, but it just resonates on a level for individuals that I just wanted to say thank you as well. All right, well, how can people get the book, Chris, and also reach out to you? Okay, so I have an Amazon author page. It's on Amazon. If they have any questions or, or anything, they could reach me. My email is clufkin in the number one at gmail.com. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I know we talk, you know, for the most part weekly, whether it's text or phone and everything else. So I, this is not goodbye for us, but for everyone else, we just say thank you again, Chris. And goodbye for now. I'm sure you will be back on the podcast. As always, it's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to A Psychic Story. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and join the conversation on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. All episodes are free on your favorite podcast player or at a psychicstory.com. Have a question? Is there a topic you'd like to hear more about or have a suggestion for a future guest? Send an email to contact at a psychicstory.com or leave a voicemail message at 1-800-880-1881. We'd love to hear from you and you may even be featured on a future episode. If you're interested in booking a session with me, you can do that directly on the website. And if you want to hear even more content hosted by yours truly, check out my other show, Supernatural Matters. Reminder that you are automatically entered to win either a free 20-minute intuitive or energy healing session with me if you leave five stars along with a positive review. Currently, reviews can be left on Apple, Stitcher, Podchaser, or CastBox podcast players. Don't forget to email contact at a psychicstory.com when you do, because it allows me to get in touch with you if your name is pulled in the drawing. Your name stays in until you win.